morning, Evangel. Whether you remain scruffy or have received a haircut, we welcome you to today's service. Please remember to follow us on the social media links posted on the slide currently showing. And send in your prayer requests so that we can walk alongside you and pray with you in this difficult time. Have a great day and enjoy the service. scripture comes from Mark 6 verses 1 to 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. 
When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus answered them and said, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Hello, everyone. There are some things that make me feel uncomfortable. Things like roller coasters make me feel uncomfortable. Sticky things and sticky people, especially little sticky people, make me feel uncomfortable. Polyester makes me feel uncomfortable. Small talk, people who get in my personal space, especially in the day and age that we're living in right now. I would say that 90% of what Christians post on social media make me uncomfortable. And I think that's a conservative number. But there are also some significant things that make me feel uncomfortable. Things like racism. Racism makes me feel uncomfortable. Discrimination makes me feel uncomfortable. Neglect and abuse of vulnerable people makes me feel uncomfortable. Judgmental people who show very little grace make me uncomfortable. Spiritual arrogance from people who claim to have all the answers make me uncomfortable. In fact, North American Christianity in general often makes me feel very uncomfortable. Now, in saying these things, I have now made some of you feel uncomfortable. Great, the series is working already. Today, we are launching a new summer preaching series, which we've entitled Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And we will be considering scriptures where Jesus made those around him feel uncomfortable by the things that he said and the things that he did. We observe, as we read the Gospels, that Jesus made religious people feel uncomfortable and marginalized people feel safe. Now, might I suggest that sometimes the church does the very opposite. We make religious people feel safe and marginalized people feel uncomfortable. The main focus of this series will be this. If we, the followers of Jesus, are going to continue his work of making marginalized people feel safe, we must begin with a fresh exposure to the uncomfortable teachings of Jesus. We're going to begin our series today by considering an encounter that Jesus had in his hometown of Nazareth in Mark chapter 6. The first point I have this morning is home sweet home. It's early in Jesus' ministry. The focus of his ministry so far has been concentrated around the towns and villages on the Sea of Galilee. The home base of his ministry is Capernaum. Even though this is his home base, it is not his hometown. 
Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth and was known as Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth was not located on the Sea of Galilee. It was about 40 kilometers away up in the hills. Mark is very focused in his writing to show the authority of Jesus. And so in the very first few chapters, he records some incidences that show Jesus' authority. He shows Jesus' authority over the storm when the winds and the waves obey him. He shows Jesus' authority when Jesus sets the demoniac free. He shows Jesus' authority when he healed a woman who had struggled with an illness for most of her life. He showed Jesus' authority when Jesus raised the young girl from the dead. Everywhere Jesus has gone to this point, he's had ministry success. But he's about to experience his first real opposition. Jesus left the seaside area and traveled the 40 kilometers to his home in Nazareth. There's just something about home, the people you grew up with, being around family. He wants those who knew him best and know him best to benefit from his ministry. Reports of his ministry had already arrived in Nazareth before he did. They were already aware of the many miracles that Jesus had performed. The Sabbath came and Jesus attended the synagogue service. In fact, he was invited to teach in the synagogue. His reputation had earned him the right to an invite. It was an honor to be invited to teach in the synagogue. Teaching in the synagogue in his hometown made it much more special. My second point this morning is comfort zones. We're not told what Jesus' teaching focused on, but we do know that those who heard him were amazed, astonished, the scripture says. Now, at first glance, it may appear that the people listening to Jesus were shouting, Amen! Preach it, brother! This is good stuff! Wow! But the Greek word amazed is the root of our English word scandal. Those listening found his teachings scandalous and were offended by his teaching. Even though we don't know exactly what it was he was teaching, we do know that the pattern of Jesus' teaching was to make religious people feel uncomfortable and marginalized people feel safe. And so we have no reason to believe that this teaching is any different. They were offended by his teaching, by his words. And they were offended by his miracles, his deeds. The words they heard from him directly. The miracles they had heard about through gossip and reputation. Why would they be offended by the teaching of Jesus? Why are they offended? Because the teaching of Jesus challenged their spiritual comfort zone, the spiritual comfort zone that they had created. They had grown up with faith, with their faith being the central part of their lives. They attended synagogue on the Sabbath. They memorized scripture. They practiced certain laws and customs. They even knew how to twist God's laws to make themselves feel more comfortable. It was an art. And so here they are listening to Jesus and they're basically saying, who does this guy think he is? Isn't he the carpenter? 
Now, not that there was anything wrong with being a carpenter, but they're trying to say that Jesus was just an ordinary person like them. No one special, just like the rest of us. How dare he say these things? And then they took it a step further and they said, isn't this Mary's son? Now, this is certainly a derogatory comment. Children in this culture were known by their father's names. Jesus would have been known as Joseph's son. By calling him Mary's son, they are highlighting the town gossip that Jesus was born at a wedlock, that Jesus was the illegitimate child of Mary. They're attempting to discredit him, to shame him as a child born out of wedlock. And then they said, well, his brothers, they're James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and, and even his sisters live here. So we, we know you, Jesus. We know you. We, we know your family. You're nothing more than a lowly carpenter. You're a nobody. Who are you to be saying these things to us? Jesus made them feel spiritually uncomfortable. They could have responded to him in one of two ways. First, they could have heard his teaching and they could have recognized that they needed to change some things in their lives and then take those necessary steps for change. Or secondly, because they were uncomfortable with what he was teaching, they could reject the conviction that they were feeling by discrediting the source that was making them feel convicted. If you can discredit the source, you can justify staying the same. And they chose the latter, an attempt to discredit the source. My third point this morning is dusty sandals. Jesus responded to their rejection with a common phrase that was used in both Jewish literature, Old Testament literature, and Greek philosophy. And what he said exactly was this, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. Now in modern times, a comparable common phrase that we might use would be this, familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. It was clear that those in his hometown could not respect his teaching and accept who he was. Faith being present is a significant theme in the ministry of Jesus as Mark records it in his gospel. Jesus worked miracles based on the faith of those seeking him. In Nazareth, Jesus is amazed as they are amazed at his teaching. He is now amazed at their lack of faith. There's a scandal here, and the scandal is not that this carpenter is preaching truth. The scandal is the lack of faith amongst these so-called religious people. And it results in Jesus deciding that he can't really minister there. He's not interested in doing his normal work there and causes him to leave his hometown and move on to other towns and villages where he is welcomed. A few verses later, outside of our passage this morning, Jesus is sending out his disciples to do ministry. And in verse 11, he tells them something that's very significant, which I believe he has just practiced in our scripture, and now he's teaching it to them. 
He says, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off of your sandals, off of your feet, and move on. When Jews traveled in the territory of the Gentiles, the pagans, the heathens, they would wash the dust of the Gentile soil off of their feet when they entered into their home territory in an attempt to be clean. It was a sign of disassociating with these outsiders. Jesus is telling his disciples to treat fellow Jews who reject his teaching and his miracles with the same level of action as they would for these heathen and Gentile territories. Move on from those who are rejecting you and move over to those who are open and are willing to hear and to respond. In terms of application this morning, I want to leave you with a few thoughts. As you read scripture, you can see a pattern. When individuals encountered God, they often felt uncomfortable. Adam and Eve, after committing sin in the garden, when they are called before God, are uncomfortable. Moses, when encountering God in the burning bush, felt uncomfortable. Elijah, when he was in the mountain and he was experiencing the presence and power of God, he felt uncomfortable. Isaiah, having a vision of God in the throne room and holiness of God, felt uncomfortable. Paul on the Damascus Road, when encountered by Jesus, felt uncomfortable. Encountering God creates a humbling conviction of our sinfulness. I want to say that again. Encountering God creates a humbling conviction of our own sinfulness. Never is our sinfulness more exposed than when we truly encounter the presence of God. One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is conviction of sin. Helping us feel uncomfortable with our current state, humbling us, leading us to repentance and change. Discomfort is an important experience in terms of following Jesus. Discomfort is really important. I believe that the Holy Spirit is convicting believers today. I believe that the Holy Spirit is convicting the church today by exposing us afresh to the teachings of Jesus and taking us back to the core of what he taught. When he does take us back, when he does show us the teaching of Jesus afresh, we see how far we have drifted in many ways as followers of Jesus and what pursuing the kingdom of God should look like in comparison to how we've been living. Now, I'm not sure exactly how we got here. Becoming more concerned with our own personal rights, our personal demands and expectations than we are with the rights and needs of others. I don't know how we got here. Drifting from kingdom living rooted in the teachings of Jesus to get caught up in religious systems and political influence as if we could ever legislate morality. I don't know how we got here. Lacking in grace and excelling in judgment. I don't know how we got here. 
But I do believe that we need to listen to the voice of the Spirit who is calling us back to the simple yet profound teachings of Jesus, to not reject the needs to change because we feel uncomfortable, but admitting that we have drifted, admitting that we need to make some serious changes as individuals and as the church as a whole. Folks, I believe it's time to become less concerned with what would Jesus do and become more focused on what did Jesus say and what did Jesus do and then do those things and say those things. It's time, I believe, for followers of Jesus to rise up and address kingdom things, kingdom things. Because you see, in the kingdom of God, there's no room for racism. In the kingdom of God, there is no room for racism. In the kingdom of God, there is no room for discrimination. In the kingdom of God, the rights and needs of others are elevated above my own. In the kingdom of God, social justice is the gospel and not seen as a challenge to the gospel and should become a priority. In the kingdom, grace is lavished and judgment is left with God alone. In the kingdom, there is no room for the spiritually arrogant, but only for those who realize that but for the grace of God, there go I. We should welcome discomfort. We should seek discomfort and allow the Holy Spirit to change us through discomfort. As we study church history, we see that God has ensured the continued life of his church from day one until now. But also we need to note that he has often had to abandon some and raise up others to ensure that his church continues as he desires it to move forward. God works in and through those who embrace the teachings of Jesus and the work of the kingdom. And when they abandon their practices and their priorities that are focused on Jesus, he then moves on and seeks those who are hungry for the truth. So the question for each of us today is this. Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of the changes that we need to make? Not what others have to make. Not pointing the fi- the, our fingers. Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us today of the things that we need to change, the changes we need to make, even though we feel uncomfortable with it? Or are we going to be like those religious people that encountered Jesus and somehow try to justify our reality so we can stay the same? Folks, when the Holy Spirit convicts us as believers, as the church, we need to make the necessary changes that he's convicting us about. We need to make those adjustments. Otherwise, we will be left behind and God will find those who are eager to follow him as he desires. In conclusion this morning, 
We observe as we read the Gospels that Jesus made religious people feel uncomfortable and marginalized people feel safe. Sometimes the church does the very opposite. We make religious people feel safe and marginalized people feel uncomfortable. If we, the followers of Jesus, are going to continue his work of making marginalized people feel safe, we must begin with a fresh exposure to the uncomfortable teachings of Jesus.
I want to thank you for joining with us this morning. If we can be of service to you, praying for you, helping you in any way, please let us know. Contact us, email us, call us, and we'll help you as best we can. May God bless you through the remainder of this day and this week until we can meet again. 